my friends. Welcome to another episode of Deep True Crime. As we continue going deep in the case against Barry Morphew. See, Barry Morphew has been charged with the murder and disappearance of his wife, Suzanne Morphew. Body has never been found to even really back up whether she has been murdered or not. Suzanne Morphew, she went missing on May 10th of 2020 on Mother's Day. That day at 5.46 p.m., the Chaffee County Communications Center received a report of a missing woman in the area on County Road 225 and West Highway 50. Barry Morphew has since been charged with her murder. So I've been updating you on everything that's been going on around this case. And as we close this out, we still have another video or so around this whole thing. As we close out this affidavit, I wanted to share with you a little more of what they have on him and how they're able to press charges and actually have him arrested. Now, he has since been released. He is out on bail. And so my friends, if that is something you like to follow, make sure you click that subscribe button, hit on that notification and click that thumbs up. And my friends, I appreciate you being here. And a lot of you have been following this story since day one. Very interesting story. I will, when I say interesting, like what happened to Suzanne Morphew? Let's get justice for Suzanne Morphew. My friends, I'm Manny Rodriguez with Deep True Crime. Thank you for following us. We continue diving deep in the affidavit of the case against Barry Morphew. They did a tranquilizer research. You see, some of what where detectives were thinking, some of what detectives believed may have happened at one time. I think this has since been debunked, but they dug deep into this tranquilizer because they have found a tranquilizer. So on April 20th, 2021, Special Agent Grusing interviewed Lisa Wolf. Lisa Wolf is a retired field veterinarian and she was with the Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And Grusing was advised she developed and tested the solution, BAM. If you guys remember, I talked about that in the last video, B-A-M, BAM. And I did not know at the time what BAM was, but it is, and I'm not probably, I'm most likely not gonna pronounce this right, but torphenol tartrate, azapurone tartrate, and metatomidine hydrochloride. So this is an anesthesia combination that is used to immobilize a broad range of species of animal. Wolf, she practiced as a licensed veterinarian for 35 years and taught courses on the effects of sedatives on wildlife. Now, Wolf said BAM has not been tested on humans to her knowledge, but she predicts a tranquilizer dart would would cause considerable hematoma to human skin because it was developed to pierce through deer 
hide. And so Wolf estimated that a female of Suzanne's size would likely be fully sedated from a dose of BAM in 8 to 12 minutes and in complete sedation from 2 to 8 hours, depending upon how her body reacted to the tranquilizer and her resting position. Wolf suggested the dart would be very painful and estimated a female would likely run for two to three minutes and she would feel a little bit drunk before complete sedation, appearing wobbly and unstable. The only safe place to fire the dart would be in the buttocks area because the impact to internal organs would cause considerable damage and the dart should not hit any bones. Now, Wolf said that a person's breathing would be difficult while sedated from BAM due to brain hypoxia since oxygen coming into the blood would be low. If a person was lying on her back, her breathing would sound like a snore as the tongue could be pushed into the airway. Interesting that she would say her breathing would sound like a snore. As you know, the last time Barry said he knows of her to be alive was when she was lightly snoring when he left for his trip. Wolf said a BAM dose to a human could be fatal, depending on the health of the person and a second dose would likely cause brain damage. A licensed veterinarian must prescribe BAM for it to be used legally. Interesting that he even has this thing. Wolf was asked about Telazol, which Telazol is, Telazol is what Barry had mentioned in his April 22nd, 2021 interview with the FBI. And Wolf said that is a heavily regulated anti-aesthetic more potent than BAM. That is only used by licensed veterinarians. Telazol was used by CPNW to bring down bears. CPNW is where she had worked for all these years. And so she says that Telazol was used to bring down bears who would remain sedated for two to eight hours. It was also used for surgery and there is no reversal drug for it. Wolf believed Telazol was a DEA Schedule 3 class drug and she was surprised any civilian would have it. Now, Wolf did say that xylazin is similar in nature to BAM and is a sedative sometimes used to smooth out the effects of telazol. She stated that tolazine reverses the sedative effect of xylazine. Wolf said atipomazole would likely be used to reverse the effects of BAM. Now, I'm gonna say this again. These are hard for me to pronounce, let alone understand them. I'm not a veterinarian. I'm just trying to offer you guys what they had on him. On April 20th, 21, Special Agent Grusing called Mary Wood at some place. And that's a current veterinarian for Colorado Parks and Wildlife who confirmed that CPNW, which is where Dr. Lisa Wolf worked for many years, who confirmed that CPNW uses BAM to sedate animals and complete sedation occurs within four to 20 minutes. Wood said that the company Zoo Farm, which is located at 1401 Duff Drive in Fort Collins, Colorado, 
manufactures and ships the BAM to licensed veterinarians across the United States who can provide the drug to private citizens with a prescription. Now, how did Barry get this thing? Wood knew of a human receiving one one-hundredth of a dose of BAM as a sedative in an IV, but she thought a full dose to a human might be fatal depending on the physical characteristics of the human. Wolf said the dart should be targeted towards areas of muscles with no bones, possibly the buttocks. Affidavit, this is everything they're putting together by the sworn officer who put this affidavit together, but there is really zero evidence supporting any of this theory around the tranquilizer being what was used on her to, to sedate her and do something. And so, you know, then you had the Suzanne being chased around the home with the tranquilizer dart uh, based on, you know, where his cell phone was pinging throughout the home, but that looks like it has since been debunked. So there's, it's hard to really say where this, where this tranquilizer really comes in in the grand scheme of all of this. So I'm just doing my best to keep this open with you as I'm trying to also keep you updated around this case. So the next thing they find out, not long after she goes, months, he allegedly might have been dating someone. So on December 16th, 2020, Chaffee County Sheriff's Office Deputy Miles Jones received a tip from a person who requested to remain anonymous. She reported that her friend Shoshana Lewis Dark is intimately involved in a relationship with Barry. On December 17, 2020, Sergeant Heist Julian and Agent Cahill interviewed Dark at the Chaffee County Sheriff's Office. She said she has known Barry since October 2020 because she cleaned his neighbor's house and met him at the dumpster by chance. She denied being in a romantic or sexual relationship with Barry. Dark deleted items on her phone one possibly being a second phone number for Barry in front of investigators and was evasive in answering questions from sergeant and agent. Dark said she called the CBI tip line in May 2020 to report strange vehicles being in the area around Puma Path around the time Suzanne disappeared. Dark said in the December interview that she did not know Suzanne and Suzanne, she's my age. She's a lot of people say I resemble her. That was a comment from Shoshana Dark. From December 2020 through April 2021, numerous Salida residents have reported that Dark is in a relationship with Barry. Their relationship is reported a date back to July 2020, though investigators have not confirmed that. A pole camera installed by the FBI has captured Barry's truck consistently coming and going from Dark's residence, often between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m., sometimes staying through the night. And they're not having uh, more than just friends relationship? Hmm. CBI agents Graham and Cahill confirmed that Dark 
and Barry checked into the Antlers Hotel in Colorado Springs on February 12, 2021 and checked out on Valentine's Day as captured on surveillance footage that you're looking at right now. With Barry carrying Dark's luggage and Dark holding a bouquet of flowers, Barry's cell phone was either off or in airplane mode during a majority of this trip and they say they were not in any type of relationship is that not the weirdest thing to know about this antler hotel in summary suzanne morphew is missing and presumed dead per all nationwide checks investigative leads and absence of interactions with jeff libler sheila oliver mallory morphew and macy morphew once the girls left the morphew house on may 5th of 2020 Suzanne began to take her steps to leave Barry while Barry took steps to control her, incapacitate her, stage a crime scene, and create his alibi for her disappearance. No hike existed that Saturday afternoon in Barry's multiple interviews with CBI until a June interview when he said they hiked to Foose's Lake. CBI allowed him to assert that a few times until they refuted the hike in his July interview. Barry was told that he was driving in Salida that afternoon asking Tim Backhoe to purchase a backhoe attachment for his Bobcat. Finally, Barry put his phone in airplane mode that Saturday afternoon at 2.47 p.m. after he returned home and ran around his house at 2.44 p.m. He claimed to CBI that he and Suzanne ate steaks, though he cannot describe them, that she washed Mallory's sheets, though Mallory said the bed was made when she left, that they had sex, though he could not describe what happened following sex, that he woke to his alarm at 4.30 a.m., though no alarm was set on his phone, and his phone and his truck telematics were moving in the 3 a.m. hour and that he had to suddenly leave for a job in Broomfield though he did not tell his co-workers he was leaving that morning. Barry initially blamed a mountain lion for Suzanne's death upon being notified of her bicycle recovery. In 2021, Barry blamed the turkeys for why he did not have veggie soup with Suzanne during lunch on Saturday, May 9th, the deer for why his tranquilizer gun was used to explain the needle sheath recovered in the dryer, and a chipmunk for why he was running around his house after arriving home at 2.44 p.m. And the firing a gun of a 22 caliber to describe his violence towards Suzanne that afternoon and the caliber of the tranquilizer darts. For his trip on May 10th, Barry explained his left turn on Highway 50 to explain the truck movement because of a bull elk sighting at 4.30 a.m. from two miles down the road, a left turn that placed him at the scene of Suzanne's helmet. Barry cannot provide a last sighting of Suzanne only labored breathing similar to a snore, which is consistent with her being tranquilized. Barry describes her as being drunk that afternoon, which matches the effects of the tranquilizer after a few minutes. He says he is running around the house 
most likely chasing Suzanne while she is conscious. Barry has admitted that he had taken Suzanne's phone from her at least twice in the past to try to monitor or control what she was doing. There is no phone activity for Suzanne after 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, which is out of the norm for her typical behavior and an abrupt end following her 59 communications with Jeff Libler that morning and afternoon. By around 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, May 9th, it had become clear that Barry could not control Suzanne's insistence on leaving him, and he resorted to something he has done his entire life, hunt and control Suzanne like he had hunted and controlled animals. Barry told investigators early on that he blamed alcohol for Suzanne's change of behavior and her distant unlovingness to him, though she was not a heavy drinker. Barry used alcohol, drugs, and chemo throughout his interviews to describe Suzanne's independence and distancing from him saying it was every day that last week. Barry finally blamed God for Suzanne's death after being informed of the affair as a form of judgment on her and has stated repeatedly that God allowed this to happen. Barry told FBI and CBI numerous times no evidence exists which infers he knows what happened to the evidence in this case. When the Ritters called Barry at around 5 p.m. on Sunday to tell Barry they could not find Suzanne, Barry was in his hotel room and had been there since about 12.40 p.m. However, he should not be there per his alibi to be out of town for an emergency job in Broomfield. Barry told the Ritters he was at the job site. He told the FBI, CBI, and Chaffee County Sheriff's Office he was at the job site. He left his room, took tools out of his truck, and put them in the lobby to make it look like he was returning from the site. Barry made very little attempt to contact Suzanne on his way home or look around his house or the bike scene because he already knew what happened happened to her. Setting the tools out that day was similar to what happened earlier that morning when Suzanne's bicycle was placed on the incline as Deputy Brown commented, I started to question if something criminal had occurred as it looked like the bike was purposely thrown in that location. As of May 4th, 2021, Suzanne Morphew has not been located. You might as well even add on to as of this video, March 15th, 2022, Suzanne Morphew has still not been located. I affirm that this affidavit and warrant has been reviewed by the following attorney with the 11th Judicial District Attorney, District Attorney Linda Stanley, and Senior Deputy District Attorney Jeff Lindsay. Therefore, your affiant respectfully requests that a warrant be issued for the arrest of Barry Lee Morphew, date of birth, October 17, 1967, and pursuant of CRS 164101. The warrant be no bond. Further, your affiant saith not. Not too sure all that lingo there, but uh, apparently the warrant was granted 
because he was he has since been arrested so this was completed basically right around may 4th of 2021 the very next day may 5th 2021 he was arrested and he was charged with first degree murder after her disappearance. At first, they had a judge, Sheffy County Judge Patrick Murphy was the original judge in the case. And then later on in January of 2022, Judge Patrick Murphy removed himself after Morphew's Colorado attorneys contended there was a conflict of interest. The Morpheus defense attorney requested Judge Murphy remove himself from the case because of a relationship with the law firm representing Morpheus' girlfriend, Shoshana Dark. That's alleged girlfriend, right? Dark, who was facing one count of second degree criminal trespass after trespassing at the Morpheus former residence and removing a package. Morpheus attorneys were saying that since Dark might be a witness in the murder trial, that Judge Murphy recused himself from the case. The Colorado Supreme Court then appointed Judge Ramsey Lama to preside over Morpheus' case on January 5th, 2022. Now remember in September of 2021, Judge Murphy did find probable cause that Morphew might have murdered his wife and that he may have had motivation to do so. In addition to the first degree murder charge against Morphew, he is charged with other accounts as well. Tampering with a deceased human body, tampering with physical evidence, possession of a dangerous weapon, and attempt to influence a public affair. So far, the trial is set for May 3rd. Now, since then, again, other things have come up. For example, the agent, Joseph Cahill, that I've talked about so many times, Colorado Bureau of Investigation, CBI agent Joseph Cahill, he was once a co-lead investigator in this case. He told supervisors there wasn't enough evidence to arrest Morphew. Now, defense lawyer Iris Aintnance wrote in a motion to dismiss this charge because of this comment. It has not been dismissed as of March 15, 2022, but Cahill was interviewed by internal affair investigators on another matter this past December 21st when he made this following admission. In that interview, Cahill stated he told many law enforcement witnesses in this case that arresting Mr. Morphew was premature and the worst decision that could be made. He also stated that the case was not remotely ready for anybody to move the case forward. Now, there has been another hearing was added for March 30th, which is, an, uh, which is 15 days from this video that I'm recording it. This is for a what they call a Shrek hearing that is requested by the defense. Now, what is a Shrek hearing? This is where four witnesses will be discussed at that hearing. In People versus Shrek, the Colorado Supreme Court instructed trial courts to function as gatekeepers in determining whether expert testimony is reliable and relevant and thereby admissible under Rule 702. A four-part test applies to the admissibility of expert testimony. Number one, 
the scientific principles underlying the testimony must be reasonably reliable. Number two, the expert witness must be qualified to render opinions on such matters. Number three, the expert testimony must be helpful to the jury. And number four, the evidence must be admissible under CRE 403. Now, I should also share that as in the trial of Barry Morphew, also known as Mr. Two Yards of Concrete, I think that's funny. As of a few months after this affidavit, they had over 500 witnesses in total. So they have a lot of witnesses that they had planned for this, but some of the names that did catch my attention on this witness list is Jeff Libler. I, I noticed seven members of the Mormon family. The Mormon family, that is Suzanne's family. The, the Mormon's family, Mormon family is Suzanne's family. You've heard me talk about Andrew Mormon, Gene Mormon. Gene is the dad, Andrew's the brother of Suzanne Mormon. I noticed that there was uh, four members of the Morphew family, Macy, Mallory, Shirley, Rodney Morphew. They're all up there as witnesses. Mountain Renewal LLC is a witness. That's who bought their home. It sold for $1.6 million. So they're there and his girlfriend, Shoshana Dark is there as a witness. So I find these names to be pretty interesting that they're gonna be witnesses in this, in this trial. Like that, to me, I found that stuff to be interesting. My friends, that is the end of the affidavit. But we're not done covering this story yet. I want to give you a, a summary of all the things that the prosecution may be using against him. It's a recap on a lot of things, but I definitely want to share that with you. So we're not done with this story yet, but we are done with the story today. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you get notified when I continue more of the Barry Morphew content, because this is not over. And in less than, in about two months, less than two months, he's going to trial, unless something happens before then. So I'm gonna keep you updated, but I got another piece of content coming out very soon on what exactly does the prosecution have a little more of a summary instead of 130 pages worth. Okay, I'm Manny Rodriguez. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you have an amazing, amazing day. I hope you like that this is a little more shorter for you as well. Trying to keep them a little more bite-sized and shorter for you. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for your comments. Please let me know what cases you would like me to cover. I'm Manny Rodriguez. Peace.